So good to see you. When Terry and I are away, I miss you uh, because I love my church family. I believe in you. I pray for you on a daily basis. I'm proud of you. I, I look at, see the things that you've done through the years. Many of you that I've known a long time, some of you visitors, welcome. Just know that this is the, one of the greatest families uh, of the history of this earth. And that's the way I believe about Valley Community. And I'm looking forward to many more years of fellowshipping with you and being your pastor, teaching you the Word of God and bringing you to a revelation of God's Word. But I, I, before we go on uh, regarding my birthday, I, I need to show you something that I experienced yesterday. I had a friend of mine um, gifted me. It's from the County of Los Angeles Department of Parks and Recreation. Guess what this is? This is a Senior Citizens Golf ID card. I get discounts on all the county courses now. Amen. Amen. See, Denny's has nothing on that now. So we, uh, my wife and I spent uh, an evening together uh, the night before my birthday and uh, had a great dinner and uh, she is still out of town, and she will be back real soon. I'll be picking her up at the airport. But uh, I also want to thank Pastor Rufner for a great message, and I listened to it um, as well as you have, and it blessed my heart and uh, just really encouraged me again. I'm not going to quit. How about you? You're not going to quit, right? Amen. So today, I I'm bringing you a message, I think. I didn't know what he was speaking on, and, but I planned this message over a year ago and uh, gave uh, all the people that be here that do the PowerPoint and everything, I gave this message to them months ago, but the message is entitled, uh, Fight for Your Life. Church family, we are in a spiritual battle, and this spiritual battle is to fight for our life. We're going to learn what this is about in a moment, and but before we get there, um, last weekend was one of my favorite times of being a pastor where I could stand up here and honor our military, and we're not going to have you stand, we, we're not going to show a video, but please oblige me and allow me to thank you ladies and gentlemen that have served and all those that are part of that, veterans. And so can we do that? Can we just give them applause? Amen. Last week they did that, but I believe this is the first time in, in 43 years of ministry that I wasn't in attendance at, at my church on Veterans Day celebration. So uh, I was not going to allow that to get by me because uh, I'm very patriotic I love our military veterans. I get to do what I do because of you. So thank you. Well, we are going to dive into something that um, could be, uh, if you hear it wrongly, condemning. It could be a subject that uh, brings embarrassment, a subject that brings possible condemnation. But I want to tell you that my heart in when I wrote this message was not to do that. It may bring some conviction, but we all need conviction in our life, amen? And so when we cover this, I, I want you to really allow the Holy Spirit to bring you revelation. We've been talking about in this series, I Am Free. We are talking about even as believers, we can be in bondage in certain areas of our life. We, in this series, have been covering how we have opened the doors to the thief, and the thief can come in and rob us. We've talked about doors. We've talked about open doors. We've talked about how to shut doors. Last time together, we learned to shut the doors in, in regarding our tithe and our offering. And I pray that some of you that were having difficulty in that area, 
that you have grabbed a hold of the revelation of giving, not just your tithe and offering, but giving of your gifting, of your calling to people outside these four walls. Without raising your hands, I want to ask you, how many of you invited someone to church today? How many of you this week had a passion to invite someone to church? And uh, for some of you that are here, I see some guests, and we welcome you, and I, I pray that whoever invited you, or if you just heard about us online and you came and you visited, this is a family that can bless your heart, uh, that can bless your every aspect of your life, because these are real people. We're not perfect people, that's why we needed Jesus, but we are real people, so uh, those that are watching online, again, welcome and stay with me as we're teaching the Word of God because uh, I have something I really need to share with you and something that a lot of people, when they read the chapter, they kind of fly through it and don't really recognize what Solomon was writing here. We talked about these doors. Uh, we talked about the pride of life. We, uh, two weeks ago, talked about the lust of the eyes. And today we're going to talk about the lust of the flesh, the lust of the flesh. Again, the title today is A Fight for Your Life. In these areas of the lust or a evil desire of the eyes begins with the eyes and then the lust of the flesh, we really need to roll up our sleeves, church, because we are living in a society today that is literally uh, rejecting Scripture of morality and rejecting Scripture in everything that they do, that uh, making excuses and the ability, even using Scripture to do evil things. Uh, governors putting up billboards in other states and using Scripture regarding abortion and different things. And so uh, my heart is broken but my heart is also encouraged by what I see God doing in our nation and in our world. I had the privilege of uh, talking to some people uh, in South Carolina and ministering to some people, and um, God is doing great things all over our nation. God is doing great things here in this church. He's doing great things in your home. By the way, blessings to your home because you're walking in the truth of the Word of God. And God is honoring that, and God is going to just break through into so many things in your life, greater than you'd ever dreamed about. God is fulfilling dreams today. In the midst of chaos of this world, He is fulfilling dreams. So we will talk about the, listen very closely, the spirit of lust. We're going to find out in this chapter what Solomon really is talking about. So I'm going to read to you the whole chapter of Proverbs. And normally I don't do that uh, because of time, but you're going to see me quickly move through the things that I talk about. But I want to read it to you because I want you to see the, and it's not really, it's not a song, it's, it's not a psalm but it really flows as a song in what he's bringing about. So I'm going to tell you with different words the story that Solomon and the experience that Solomon had. And I'm going to give you some historical facts of what Solomon brought out here. So uh, in this proverb, God is describing how the spirit of lust operates. It will describe what Solomon witnessed and... In a couple of scriptures, what actually happened to him when he's looking through the lattice and he sees two people doing something. And so Solomon uh, is writing with the wisdom of God. This is the wisdom of God being outpoured to us as I read it to you. In verse 1, it says, My son, keep my words. Proverbs 7, 1. My son, keep my words and treasure my commands within you. Keep my commands and live. Again, our title is A Fight for Your Life. This is how you fight for your life. We will get the answer of deliverance 
uh, from this chapter as this proverb as we read. And it says, keep my command and live, and my law as the apple of your eye. Bind them on your fingers, write them on the tablet of your heart, basically, as Pastor Dan and Ryan talks about memorizing the Scripture. Verse 4, say to wisdom, you are my sister. Wisdom is the Word of God. Wisdom is Christ uh, in the Word of God. So when you talk about the Word, the Word of God is the wisdom of God. You are my sister and call understanding your nearest kin. So basically, knowledge is understanding the Word of God Wisdom is the correct application of the knowledge of God. And so what Solomon is doing is he's writing to us about this thing that will save your life, but you need to fight. You need to fight. If you're going to be free in this life, in this chaotic world, then you need to fight for everything using the Word of God, that they may keep you from the immoral woman from the seductress who flatters with her words. Now, the immoral woman, I believe Solomon is talking about the spirit of lust, not a woman. So in today's day, ladies, please, we're not knocking women. women. Uh, Solomon is not knocking women. He's using that term describing the spirit of lust and then explains how the spirit of lust. There is a spirit that wants to climb in the open doors. That's why we're shutting the doors and not allowing the spirit to rule or take possession of our souls. So when you see women in here, or woman, he is talking about a spirit that produces lust. Okay, I, I got something I need to tell you a little bit later. Holy Spirit just showed me. For at the window of my house, I look through the lattice. Now, this is an experience that Solomon's having. Solomon actually witnessed this and saw among the simple. Now, listen closely, because today's day, everyone's telling you, be offended about everything. Don't be offended with what's being said. I'll explain it in a moment. So he looked through the lattice and saw among the simple, I perceived among the youths a young man devoid of understanding. So look at me now. Solomon is not putting down young people. Solomon is not pointing his finger at youth and say, this is who you are or what you are. Because I know a lot of young people in this church that are amazing young people that walk in the wisdom of God. Solomon is saying he is already devoid of understanding because he is already entrapped in bondage by this spirit of lust. So he's expressing to you what he saw. How does he know that? Well, we're going to keep reading. Because the young man goes purposely to the wrong place. The young man is already in bondage to this spirit. This spirit robs you of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of lust. All right, so remember that. Verse 8, passing along the street near her corner, and he took the path to her house in the twilight or in the evening in the black and dark night. So now let's just what Solomon's explaining here. This spirit of lust is a spirit, and the spirit of lust will lead you to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. It just doesn't happen. The spirit of lust will so take a hold of you that you will begin to plan when and how you can be there. Remember, he's explaining in the twilight, in the dark. Okay, why is that? Solomon is saying this is what the guy is doing because the spirit of the lust has taken him into bondage. Let's read on and I'll explain more. And there a woman met him with the attire of a harlot and a crafty heart. She was loud and rebellious. She's not talking about, he's not talking about a woman. He's talking about a spirit. A spirit is loud and rebellious. And, and so when you read this, well, it's only talking about women. It's not talking about a physical woman, talking about a spirit 
that is loud and rebellious, loud to you everywhere you look with your eyes, everywhere you go, it's loud trying to get you to turn away and be rebellious of the Word of God. She was loud and rebellious. Her feet would not stay home. So the spirit of the lust wants you to dress in a manner of uh, enticing or to entice. When it says she is loud and rebellious, again, it's not talking about the woman. It's talking about the spirit of lust, a spirit. Any demonic spirit is loud and rebellious. Verse 12, at times she was outside, at times in the open square, lurking at every corner. That's a spirit seeking whom he may devour. All right? Verse 13, so she caught him and kissed him. That's not Hollywood. That's demonic. This shows us something. The enemy always shows us his hand. If you're walking in the wisdom of God, Solomon says, you will always see what the enemy is trying to do. You will always, he cannot fool a person that's walking in the wisdom of God. So let me explain it this way. There's always a shock and a surprise. She catches him and kisses him. All right? Church, when you get shocked, you need to turn and run. Remember the scripture? Run from youthful lusts. All right? It's not talking about youth because your youth days are good days when you walk on the wisdom of God. But when you get shocked, you need to turn and run. There's always something we see in a movie uh, or television, something on the internet, something said in the office, a man says something to you, or a woman says something to you, it shocks you. And at first you're like, (gasps) the shock is a sign from God. When you get shocked, turn around and leave or run. I do that. I have literally walked out of restaurants. I have literally walked out of stores. I have literally walked out of meetings because I recognize a demonic influence wanted to influence me. And I said, absolutely not. I went into a hotel one time. I was traveling, and I went to turn on, uh, it was a Saturday, I went to turn on uh, Michigan Wolverines football game. And uh, I turned on the TV and automatically came on to a movie and there was a naked woman on it. I quickly turned it off. I went downstairs to the front office and told them to turn off my TV. They said, we can't do that. I said, okay. I went upstairs and I unplugged it. I didn't watch that TV once. Not because I can't watch TV. It's because I recognize it was a demonic influence when I was by myself. And I said, no. I was shocked, and I turned off. I'm not prude. <laughs> Y'all know now, I'm 65 years old. I'm not prude. But the reality is, is we have to get to that place where we understand and walk in the wisdom of God. All right, let's go on. So she just grabs him and kisses him. So the spirit of lust will shock you, and that's a sign from God. The problem is, is when you stop being shocked by it, then you're in trouble. Amen. Everyone act like you're rolling up your sleeve now, okay? We're in a fight. Let's go. Let's keep going. Verse 13, with an impudent face, sorry, lost my brain there, she said to him, now that means a hard or a firm face. So she was really focused. The spirit was really focused on trapping this man. I have peace offerings. Watch what the spirit of lust will say. I have peace offerings with me. Today I've paid my vows. Okay, let me explain that to you. You know what the spirit of lust just said? I went to church today and paid my tithe and offering. 
Watch this. And I got some peace offerings from the church service, so after we sin, we can offer these peace offerings together. What bothers me is this. The divorce rate in the church is the same as it is in the world. And don't walk around condemned if you've been through divorce. But it's the same as the world. Because we haven't recognized the spirit of lust that wants to, watch this, kill you and everything about your life. The spirit of lust is as rampant in the church as it is in the world. Now, let me just say this to you. It's rampant in the pew as well as in the pulpit. So I'm not just talking to a visitor or someone that's known the Lord for six months. I'm talking to people who are spiritually mature. Pastors, staff. We have to be shocked by this and we have to change this in our own lives and everything we're around. See, the lie of the enemy is this. If you can repent after going to church and tithing. You know the old joke at the club where I work out? Working out on a Saturday, and a guy tells me, I need to go to Mass, because tonight I'm going to party. See, it was back in Solomon's day, and it's here today. (laughs) I talked to a guy quite a while ago, and he told me, he says, yeah, I'm having an affair. And I said, why is that? He says, well, you know what? He says, I'm growing in the Lord. He says, after we have, uh, you know, we go to bed together, we actually uh, will get up and go into the living room and we'll pray together. And I'm going, I was shocked. (laughs) I said, really? That's deception. That's like Israel saying, we've never been in bondage when they've been in bondage all their life. Verse 15. Are you still with me? Okay. So, so I came out to meet you diligently, watch this, to seek your face, and I found you. Did you know that this spirit of lust seeks after you? Verse 16. I have spread my bed with tapestry, colored coverings of Egyptian linen, saying there is always preparation. It just doesn't happen. See, when we fall the sin of lust, there's preparation in our life. We haven't run from the shock. We have gotten used to it. We look for it. We seek after it. Like that, that youth was just like, had purpose. He was looking for that because he allowed the bondage to take place. Verse 17, I have perfumed my bed in myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let us take our fill of love until morning. Let us delight ourselves with love. See, lust always masquerades. Everyone say masquerades. You know what that means, right? Lust always masquerades as love, and it's not love. True love is from heaven. Lust is from the pit of hell. Matter of fact, the world calls it making love. See, making love is not a one-night stand. Making love is spending your life, for me, 41 years with the same woman. Her name is Terry Klaus, who has had my children in making love, and that's my marriage. And because of that, it's produced godly children Godly grandchildren. That is what love produces. Verse 19. For my husband is not at home. He has gone on a long journey. He has taken a bag of money with him and and will come home on the appointed day. So the spirit of love, uh, the spirit of lust will always tell you, you can't get caught. You won't get caught. This evil spirit has worked this out, saying, 
I've taken care of it with God. I've gone in, paid my tithe. I've gone in, got peace offerings. It's taken care of where, you know, we won't get caught. The Spirit says, you can do this and it won't affect you. Later on in this chapter, we're going to see that it affected. Let me just give you a hint. Death. Verse 21. With her enticing speech, she caused him to yield. With her flattering lips, she seduced him. Immediately, he went after her as an ox goes to the slaughter. I've watched this through the years. I've watched some men and some women towards men. I've watched this. <laughs> you know, and, and it's like, immediately went after her as an ox goes to the slaughter. Let me just tell you, this means you have two choices. You either fight for your life, run from it, or as a fool, you go to the correction of the stocks. I don't know if you've seen that in a slaughterhouse. In many instances, I don't know, I haven't seen it lately, but I went to a slaughterhouse, and they would just lead him to the stock, and they'd put in the stock, and then they'd pssst, electrocute him on the forehead. And that's exactly what Solomon is saying it will happen. You think you can get away with it. You think you can do this, and no one knows. Watch what it says, verse 23. Till an arrow s- struck his liver. You know what that means? You lose your liver, you lose your life. As a bird hastens to the snare, watch this phrase, he did not know it would cost him his life. So let me pause and give you some historical background, and then I'm going to give you three terms of this spirit of lust, and then I'm going to give you one term of bringing deliverance in your life. Solomon saw this, okay, historical fact. Solomon was a godly king. Many theologians, and I've read many, probably 50 writings on this, and 49 of 50 say this, believe that Solomon sent for this man and this woman that he saw through the lattice doing what they did in the twilight, in the dark, thinking no one could see them, but Solomon saw them and had them executed. According to the law of that day, the penalty for adultery was death, and they were executed for their action. The theologians believe literally they were killed. And I want to tell you, I believe spiritually that when we allow the spirit of lust to rule and bring us into bondage, it will literally kill everything in your life. Because the thief comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. I believe also spiritually it kills when we go down this road. So spiritually, you will become impotent. So he didn't know the cost of life. Here's the reason. He thought because it was night and no one saw him. But I want to tell you, the king, Solomon, saw him. So if you go down this road and you think it's covered up, the king of kings is watching. The one person you can't hide from, and he is watching. Because he is The God that we serve is omnipresent. Verse 24. Now, therefore, listen to me, my children. Pay attention to the words of my mouth. Do not let your heart turn aside to her ways. Do not stray into her paths. For she has cast down many wounded. And all who were slain by her were strong men. Watch this. I'm going to say it. Strong, spiritual men. I've seen many successful businessmen and people in ministry. As a supervisor on the East Coast, and I oversaw 
170-some churches and all those pastors and the staff, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of ministers I've had to go and remove them from their churches. They lost their call. They lost their spouse. They lost their financial uh, ability in their life. Very strong men, and that spirit of lust will target you. See, I understand that. That's why I run. That's why I do what I do is because I am a man that can be in bondage of anything the Spirit would want to bring. And I have to walk in the wisdom of God and walk in that power. Verse 27, her house is the way to hell, descending to the chambers of death. Now, church family, um, I was on a plane flying back on Thursday, and just before they took off, they said, make sure you fasten your seatbelt. So let me just tell you, church family, right now, let's all fasten our seatbelts. So I got some more to say to you. There are many scriptures that say adulterers and fornicators go to hell. I believe believers can be in bondage. I also believe, scripture tells us, you can repent and be forgiven. Amen? Because the blood of Jesus covers our sin. But if there is a sin that you continue in, you need to check out your salvation. Pull your seatbelt a little bit tighter. (laughs) There is a possibility if you're going to persist in this sin, maybe you haven't received that heart of God. If you want to get free, I'm going to help you now get free. But what we need to understand is we need to understand what our fight is. So I'm going to give you three terms on that. And we need to understand how to be free. Everyone say, I am free. free. See, this, this message is for everybody. And it's for you next year and 10 years from now. And if you've notched in your belt a thousand people you've led to the Lord, it's for you after that. Doesn't matter how spiritually mature we are. What matters is that it causes even churches to fall. All right, here's the first word. The word desire. Lust actually means desire. The word in the Greek is a neutral word. It's translated lust and or desire. Now, Jesus is talking in Luke 22. Let me read this to you. And then I'm going to throw a lot of scripture at you because it's not just Pastor Gary getting emotional here. I'm talking to you. We're going to remember what Solomon said. Bind that word in your heart. Then he said to them, with fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. See, that word desire could have been translated lust. Jesus didn't have an evil desire. So in other words, the passion of a lust that people think just takes over you, I just, I was lusting and I I just couldn't handle it, couldn't, no, 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 no. Jesus, the same word is used when Jesus had a fervent desire to have Passover with the disciples. God has given us good, healthy, natural desire for sex that can be fulfilled in a godly way, but never be fulfilled in a lustful way. The Bible describes lust as worldly lust, deceitful lust, and evil desire. See, desire is the same word in the original language. All right? So follow me. I know I'm giving you a lot right here and and quick because of time. But I want you to recognize that when you turn and run from a spirit of lust and then you begin to desire the, the word of God and you begin to desire to memorize the word and to live by the word of God, you can have the same passion for that as you would for something that was an evil desire. 
or, or the reality, the same passion that I have in my marriage towards my wife. See, that's good. That's godly. And this is the desire that we have to have. I have traveled the world. I've traveled. I've been alone a lot. And there are a lot of times when I travel, I thank God that, you know, people like Dr. Remy has traveled with me. It's not because I can't handle it, but it's because I know when I'm going to something that is foreign and I'm not secure in everything that I'm doing, this is when the spirit of lust will want to come in and and demonic influence will want to come in in areas of your life. But when you have a brother that is godly and, and you're godly and you're coming together and you're doing the work of the ministry and when the spirit of lust comes in, you have wisdom because you're in agreement and you can defeat and fight and win this battle. That's what this is about. See, because we all face it. It's desirous of finding and seeking you out if he could devour you. So the Bible is telling us that God gave us a pure desire and Satan turns it into an evil desire. See, like Solomon described, if you go down that road, you will get into bondage. Galatians 5, verse 16 and 17, watch this. I say then, walk in the Spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. Did you notice that? So that you do not do the things that you wish. We always look in the negative with the Scripture, but you can be so in love with Jesus, a desire to do His will, that you don't want to and will not do the evil lusts even though you are tempted. Don't look at me and say, Pastor, well, I'm never tempted. Okay, Israel, you've never been in bondage either, right? Okay. So, what I mean is, be subject to your spirit not your soul. Be subject to your spirit, the Holy Spirit resides in, and not the flesh. Romans 6.19, I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness and of lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness. So now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. You choose the emotions, the feelings, the soulish part of your, you choose to be submitted and in bondage to your spirit, which, is, which has the Holy Spirit. Because remember, your spirit cannot sin because the Holy Spirit's there. But it's your soulish, it's the flesh part of your life. That's a whole different teaching there. Romans 8, 5, 6 says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Holy Spirit, the things of the Holy Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. You want life and peace? Then that's what we need to do. Romans 13, 14. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. Don't make provision for it. Get out of there like I did at that hotel. Amen. Get out of there. Take care of it. Unplug it. Whatever you need to do. Make no provision for the flesh because lust wants to plan. First word, desire. You can have good desires or bad desires, godly desires, or demonic desires. Here's the second term. We've studied this word, deception. Let me show you a passage of Scripture on immorality that in the middle of it, we don't know why he says what he says. All right? I do. But a lot of people don't. 
Proverbs 6, 23. For the commandment is a lamp and the law a light. Reproofs of instruction are the way of life. To keep you from the evil woman, not talking about a woman, keep you from a spirit of lust. This refers to that spirit from the flattering tongue of the seductress. Do not lust after her. That's the same word, the word lust there, same word you can translate it, desire. Beauty in your heart, nor let her allure you with her eyelids. Watch how strong this is because it's a fight for your life. I'm telling you, this is a fight for your life. You choose between life and death. In Proverbs 6, verse 26, For by means of a harlot, a man is reduced to a crust of bread, and an adulteress will prey upon his precious life. Again, it's talking about spirit, because it can go either way. All right? Can a man take fire to his bosom and his clothes not be burned? Can one walk on hot coals and his feet not be seared? So it is he who goes into his neighbor's wife, whoever touches her shall not be innocent. Verse 30, this is the verse we want to focus on. People do not despise a thief if he steals to satisfy himself when he is starving. Huh? I mean, it's like, what happened, Solomon? Did you pass out and start writing again a whole new topic? No. Same topic. Let me read again. People do not despise a thief if he steals to satisfy himself when he is starving. Yet when he is found, he must restore sevenfold. He may have to give up all the substance of his house. Then he says, verse 32, whoever commits adultery with a woman lacks understanding. He who does so destroys his own soul. It's talking about morality, and right in the middle it says, people don't despise a thief if he satisfies his hunger. Lust is a deception. Listen, let me, okay, let me say it again, because I, Holy Spirit says, say it again. People don't despise a thief if he satisfies his hunger. Lust is a deception, and lust never satisfies. Do you see the correlation there? I'll say it again. Okay. People don't despise a thief if he satisfies his hunger. Because if you really have a true heart of God, you'll be able to look at things in, in a righteous way. And if someone has a hunger and is talking about you know, food, that he's starving, and goes to take something, you look at it and you understand, man, this guy's starving. You know what? Have it. I give it to you. Lust is a deception because lust never satisfies. You act upon the lust, and then you want more. So a man never commits adultery for satisfaction because lust doesn't satisfy. You do it once, you're going to do it twice. You do it twice, you can do it three times. You do it three times, you can do it ten times until there's deliverance. Until there's deliverance. The Scripture says if it brings satisfaction of a hunger, people don't despise it. Godly, pure marriage relationships, you can be satisfied. But impure relationships, pornography, etc., will never satisfy. Because you'll always want more. You'll always want more. Your cravings will get worse. Lust is a deceiver. Proverbs 27, 20 says, Hell and destruction are never full, so the eyes of man are never satisfied. I'm so proud of you. I really am. Because you have allowed me, after 15 years of being with me, to really go after it. And you've got to know this will help you. Deliverance will happen. Here it is, our word, breakthrough, will take place. 
and the struggle you've had in your home, the struggle, if you're listening to me online, that you've had in your home will turn around and satisfaction is guaranteed if you do it God's way. Habakkuk 2.5, speaking of an evil man. Indeed, because he transgresses by wine, he is a proud man, and he does not stay home. This is a direct reference of adultery. Because he enlarges his desire, or lust, as hell. And he is like death and cannot be satisfied. Lust is an empty promise. You look at that, some person dresses, either a man or a woman dresses that way. Uh, it is empty. It's empty love. It's not love. It will not fulfill and it will steal, kill, and destroy you. Here's the third word. Death. James 1.14 says, But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. The word desires, Greek word, used for lust also. Verse 15. Then when desire, lust, has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin when it is full grown, brings forth death. Now, at times it may not be physical death. Sometimes you as Christians, you know, you're walking around in, in, in this purity of your life and you're doing all this, and you see all these people, it looks like they're having fun and they're sleeping around, they're doing all kinds of stuff and stealing and, and all kinds of things. You think, man, they, they got it better than I do. Mm-mm-mm. No, they don't. No, they don't. Because they are walking to death. They might still be breathing, but they're not happy. How many people, Hollywood people, do you know that have committed suicide? How many people do you know of of young people that have committed suicide? Because they haven't seen the love of God. They haven't seen the purity of God in their life, and they're looking for love in all the wrong places. Sounds like a song, doesn't it? And let me tell you, I have done funerals of two men that have put guns in their mouth and blown their heads off. And I still have the visual, and it has not gone away of having to go for the spouses and identify them. You were in the military, and you've been in a battle, Vietnam or whatever. You know what I'm talking about. You know the ugliness of sin, the ugliness of this spirit, evil spirit that has brought people into bondage of thinking that they can't make it and and everything's wrong. And it breaks my heart because these are wonderful people. Guys that I've had lunch with, guys that I've gone to retreats with, that I've prayed over. Death. Full grown means when you remain in this sin, it brings death. Romans 8, 12 and 13. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors. Not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Holy Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Now, I just want to tell you, you notice I said Holy Spirit because it's capital S. If it's small s, it's talking about your spirit. All right, in the Bible, just for anybody who wants to know that. All right? Love always brings life. Lust always brings death. Relational death, physical death, emotional death. It may not be immediate death physically, but how many people who were saved fell into lust and their passion for God died? How many people do you know I can remember years ago, great men of God who were leading many people to the Lord, standing right here being elders. Ten years later, 
They're divorced, living with people and running around and having sex with everybody they can find. And I'm looking at that, I'm going, you know, kind of like, I don't get it, but yeah, I do. Solomon gets it. Solomon is teaching that. And, and I, this is serious, folks. This is real. This is real life. I, you know what, people say, yeah, but you know, I mean, I used to go to church, I used to do this, and you know, I hear that all the time, because I really desire to go outside the church walls also, like you, and minister to the lost. And I hear these statements, and I know it's deception, and I know it's leading to death. And what happens in me is that I leave that conversation, I go to the Lord and I fast and I pray, God, help me to minister and to break them out of this deception because they're dying, but they're still living. And it breaks my heart. Satan is a thief and is robbing you in your finances also. Here's the fourth point, which is your answer today. And then we're going to stand, and I'm going to pray for you. Some of you might say, oh, I don't need to stand. I don't need deliverance. Don't be Israel. Okay? I want you to really to hear my heart here. The fourth point are two words, deliverance and discipleship. After being delivered, you then need to be discipled to retrain, retrain the way you think. Man, I, I lived without Jesus for quite a few years. Till my late teens. So I had all those years of being trained another way. And I found myself at 23, 25, 30, 32... These thoughts still come into my head. I said, what in the world? I'm, I'm leading these youth groups. I'm camps, running camps of 700 kids and all the different stuff that's going on. And I'm doing all the stuff. And we're seeing people born again and healed and all the miracles. And I'm traveling and doing this and doing that. And all of a sudden, I got this stupid thought in my head. Where is this coming from? Solomon just told me. That's where it's coming from. He's always seeking. No matter how old you get, no matter if you have your senior golf card, you need to be retrained. It's a continual discipleship mode. Next year we begin OSL, our discipleship program. Sunday night Bible studies hey, we got an ability to record the final round of golf or the football game to spend one hour in church and bring your students, bring your youth, bring your children to church on Sunday night and, and let them hear the word of God so they can break through and not live in this lifestyle that can actually bring death. Jesus told the disciple, preach the gospel, heal the sick, and cast out demons. I'm telling you, preach the gospel, heal the sick, and cast out demons. 2 Corinthians 10.3, watch this. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war against, according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Pulling down strongholds is deliverance. Verse 5, cast, casting down arguments, discipleship. How do you cast down arguments? I'm smarter than you, and I can argue better than you. No, no, no. Cast down arguments is you go in discipleship so that there's no doubt of what you believe. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of, the, of Christ or the Word of God. Every thought. We need deliverance and discipleship. Revelation 12 says, 
We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. What is your testimony? Well, I stubbed my foot and God healed me. Well, praise God, that's a great testimony. Your testimony is the word of God. Your testimony is that you're born again, walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's your testimony. Your testimony is not just, I was, you know, into drinking, alcoholism, drugs, whatever. That is part of a testimony, but your real testimony is that you're walking in the Word of God. You're born again. You are speaking in tongues. You're walking in the power of the Holy Spirit, and nothing, nothing will hurt you. Why? Because you're not falling to the lust of the flesh. And you're walking in this purity and this morality. Young people, I'm so stinking proud of our young people. I'm watching them. I'm seeing our college students here, and I'm looking at their heart and their passion. You know, I know I've been there. But I want to tell you, as of last week, don't you dare quit. Because you've got a plan that God gave you. And you're going to be able to do this. So let's all stand. And I want to pray for you. And I'm a firm believer in fasting and prayer and spending hours in, in prayer at times. That doesn't happen to me often where I spend hours. I was in this morning about 6.10. And I spent about an hour and 10 minutes in prayer praying over you. Praying over you, watching online. Speaking the word over you. Coming against spiritual wickedness. This enticing, lying, devilish spirit that wants to steal, kill, and destroy you. As long as I'm a pastor, a shepherd, a father-like one, I'm going to kick satanic butt. Sorry for those who are... I didn't like English, so I just use a lot of words, okay? You know my meaning, right? So, so you know, there, there's not something about this platform, you know, that once you get on here, you got to float, and you got to use thou and thee and all the different things. We just need to teach the Word of God and bring people into the knowledge of the Word of God. And I'll tell you what, young people, middle-aged, seniors like me, (laughs) he's after you. But he can't get you when you walk in the wisdom of the Word of God. And you're going to be able to run at times. Hey, I'm telling you, sometimes when you're in a battle, you got to retreat. Amen. Don't. I'm a faith guy. And there are times I got to retreat. I got to regroup. I got to fast. I got to pray. I got to know the will of the Lord. Because right, you know, at times I'm going, God, what in the world? How in the world did this go on? I found a lot of that when I was a, a supervisor. Man, I just, I, I just couldn't connect. Here are these guys that, I'd bring them in. They, they do teaching and stuff. And these guys are powerful. You know why? Because they're called of God, gifted of God. It's a gift of God. But they allowed the enticing, lustful spirit to rule them, and they chose to go the wrong path. Amen. That's what it is. That's not anybody's better than somebody else. I'm no better than you. And all right, everyone look at me. You're no better than me, right? All right, so I'm going to pray for deliverance. There's something that's going on. You've been battling something. I'm going to pray for deliverance. But now it's time. It's time. It's time to retrain your mind and your soul. Father, thank you. By the power of the blood of Jesus Christ, I proclaim deliverance over every person here. Lord, you see the amazing people that are in here that love you with all your heart. I come against that evil spirit that no longer will he bring this deception of insecurity, all these different things that go on. 
by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ, I proclaim deliverance. Devil, get out of there. Get out of there in Jesus' name. No argument, because I have the authority of Jesus Christ. And now, Father, I thank you. Does everyone just do this with me? Just take a deep breath. Breakthrough, new season now. And now our minds, our hearts, our spirit will now begin to align with the Word of God. We will begin to look at things differently. We no longer will think we're not good enough. We'll no longer think that we can't do it. We'll no longer think that I've done too, much, too many things bad because the blood of Jesus Christ is powerful over everything. And we are delivered at Valley Community Church. Satanic spirit that wants to rule, lustful spirit, I come against you in Jesus' name. You are done at Valley Community. And we will walk in the power of God. We will walk in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We are delivered, set free. Everyone say it. I am free. Say it again. I am free. Father, now as a family, church family, in our homes, we will do it your way. And we give you honor and praise for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I love you.